0: it was an S-Class, yeah. pull up, pull up, pull, up, pull up. Hey, Big body when I drive past, yeah. It's good. Tune in to Skull. Sex, Love, and Plastic. Love, all right. Sex, love, and plastic. Y'all yeah, already know the fucking vibes. Welcome to Sex Love and Plastic. I'm your host, Jazz, better known as Jay De Niro 21 And uh, as you can see, we're still in the crib. COVID got us shut down. People was asking in the comments why we're not in the studio. YouTube got the studio closed. They not playing. They don't give a fuck about shots, none of that. They not playing none of this shit. So I don't know when that's gonna open back up. But until then, season season three is from the crib. And today we got the special guest. I'm gonna let her introduce herself and let her, she's gonna tell you where you can find that. I go
1: by the name of Jennifer Eden, aka Slut of the Month, aka Femme Daddy, aka Biggie Shorty, aka Polly Pocket, aka J-E Heartbreak. I have earned all of those names. They all got a backstory. If you want to talk about that, we can do that as well. But I'm
0: excited to chat with you, Jazz. Let's get into it. Thank you. So I was going to the DMs. You know, I tell people if y'all want to join the show, or whatever you yeah, got something y'all want to talk to about, DM us. You know, I check. I try my best to check all of them. So I came across yours, and it was very interesting to me. So. um fem daddy i heard you say that can you can you give me a little background of what that is absolutely
1: okay so i have a stereotypically femme aesthetic i wear tight clothes and dresses and skirts and heels and jewelry and all of the things that lead people to assume whatever their definition of femininity or womanness or lady likeness is yeah. um, and I'm not that okay. I, I look like a fem by any stereotypical definition, um, but I fuck boys. Can I say fuck? I can say fuck on here, right? Say
0: whatever you want on this. Show. Okay,
1: so I um, I fuck studs, ags, boys, doms, however masculine of center and masculine identifying uh, women folk. Uh, label themselves that's that's who I engage with I am a top I am more dominant when it comes to the sexual activities and so yeah like the folks that or the the things that people assume come with a femme presentation like being a pillow princess and just like taking dick and that's how you get off like nah that ain't me I'm delivering
0: dick so for those of y'all who watch the show yeah I know season one, like episode four, I've done an episode where I've talked about studs, dykes, stems, whatever you want to call them. I don't know what y'all call them yet. A lot of people don't like, I call them dykes, but whatever, y'all know what the show is. Um, The dykes taking the dick. Now, my problem was a lot of people, I don't know if they fully listened to what I said, but my issue was that I felt like it's not okay for a woman to call herself a stud or dyke and get penetrated by a man. Now, I what I what I was saying, I don't know if the people heard me. I said it's okay if you want your girl to do it to you. But for me personally, if you're gonna label yourself and you go out and tell everybody, I'm a I'm a dyke, I'm a stud, I'm this, I'm not, I'm this, which would mean you're a lesbian. Who, who, who identifies more on a on masculine side, right or wrong? Let me know if I'm off if I'm, if I'm about what, what a stud is, cause I'm not-
1: Labels are fluid and how you choose to label yourself is based on how you feel about yourself and what you feel best represents you. For some folks, there isn't one word that encompasses how they dress, who they fuck, how they get off, all of those things. And so they're left to choose a label that fits best, but might not necessarily fully compass all of the things that they do and all of the ways that they get down. So for some folks who identify as a stud, that may mean that that label stud leaves out a piece of their identity or a piece of how they relate or a piece of how they get down because we don't really have a word that means I, date women and dress masculine but still fuck men sometimes like there isn't really a commonly used word my
0: whole thing this is this is this is why i'm i'm letting y'all know y'all i'm trying to learn and understand other people's part as this show goes on so a lot of this is me trying to learn and understand stuff so these might be silly questions to y'all but i really want to know because in new york it's very black and white in new york a stud or a, a a dyke or whatever the case may be if you, if you say I'm a stud, that means that you're telling everybody I'm a lesbian, I like women, but I dress on more on the masculine side. It don't matter what type of, what type of woman you like. That's that. If you a femme or whatever, you feminine, you like, but you a lesbian, you're whatever. They say femme or whatever the case may be. Now, for me, I don't think there's nothing wrong whether you be a femme or a stud if you want penetration. I wanna make that very clear. But what, come, what I'm getting, was throwing me off a little bit is, and what I need you to help, like you, like you did a little bit that made a little bit of sense. But I want to know why label yourself something and you're not that? Like, is it because of how the world already is where well, you dress like a boy, so automatically you must be a stud? You must not, you must like, it can't, what happened to back in the day when you could just be a tomboy?
1: because language evolves like you said back in the day folks labeled themselves tomboys that's not really a commonly used word right now and when folks use the term tomboy it's usually referring to like a kid who like might like to play in the dirt but was assigned female at birth like so the like language evolves language is nuanced and like as we experience more of the world as we experience more of ourselves we might realize that the labels that once made sense and once like fully encompassed our whole identity doesn't really make room for all of the things that we are as we really get to know ourselves so like I said words like stud words like dom words like ag do folks in New York even still say ag I feel like that's a very like New York term that's, um, and
0: that's what it is in new york we don't that's what i'm saying with the when i first started the podcast and people were saying oh uh dyke is offensive dyke is offensive in new york we don't say stud and a, a lot of things are regionally A-G.
1: specific also. A lot of things are very regionally yeah. specific. There are certain words that you can say in New York. And if you say it down south, somebody might slap you. There are certain words that you can good say question. on the East coast, but if you say it on the west coast, somebody not gonna know what you're talking
0: about. So I got a, a lot question, of question, because I didn't ask you this when we first started. Tell the people where you're from.
1: So I'm from Baltimore, um, born and raised in Baltimore. My entire social life is in D.C., though. So I just like that just happens to be where my community is. I also briefly lived in Philly. So I have some community there as well. Um, But I am like 100 percent East Coast, like very. I don't even say DMV because Baltimore technically don't count as part of the the
0: people kind of count it. The people kind of count it.
1: But that's like, that's the area that I live in. That's the area that I'm familiar with. That's the language that I use. That's the community that I'm in. So like I said, there are certain ways that even we identify in Baltimore or DC or Philly that like folks in New York might not use that language. Folks in Atlanta might not use that language. So it's very nuanced depending on where your community is.
0: A lot of people feel like because they dress a certain way, you have to be that way. that's not true. That's
1: part of it. Part of it is like folks feeling like their presentation has to line up with a particular label or a particular assumption. And then another part of it is like safety and community and also everybody don't need to know everything about you so if you are in a queer space a lesbian space a space with other people who identify as lesbians or whatever on on that end of the spectrum then it might not be safe for you in that particular context to say I also fuck men sometimes, then you become ostracized, you become outcasted and you end up telling parts of your business that might not even be relevant in that time or space. Like real talk, the only people who need to know who you fuck are the people that you fucking. And even then there's nuance to that. Like if you're talking about, you know, for, for safety concerns, for STI prevention and all of those things, like those things can be discussed without it centering the genders of the people that you fuck. So it really is a matter of like, if and when you feel like telling your business, like when it comes to me personally, I identified as a lesbian up until probably about five years ago. And that's because I recognized that calling myself a lesbian didn't, fully encompass my attractions to trans men, to genderqueer people, to non-binary people. It also didn't fully um, give recognition to my non-binary identity. So calling myself a lesbian, Feels false to me, but if I'm around a bunch of straight people who don't know what the fuck it means to be non-binary or genderqueer or trans, then I'm gonna say I'm a lesbian because it's easier and it's safer for me to use less words than getting into the nuances of who I fuck and how I fuck them and how I might let them fuck me. When
0: you was talking about, when you was talking about basically like people being outed when they're hanging with a particular group of people. To me, that makes a lot of sense now, because when I'm thinking about, and I'm talking about from things that I see. So I'm talking about the New York scene itself when I'm talking from this point of view right now. Mm-hmm. So I can see somebody who, you know, said, you know what, I'm this, but then after a while, like you said, they could possibly realize, you know what? I want this too, blah, blah, blah. But now you're so comfortable with well, where you was at and your people around you is comfortable that you don't want them to turn on you. If you say, you know what y'all, I do like, I, I realize that I, I might still like men or whatever the case may be. They're not gonna look at you the same. That's kinda, I'm looking at it like how, when a guy comes out, if a, if a nigga is supposed to be tough or whatever, he played ball, like even with athletes, if an athlete come out and say he gay, people start looking at him differently. Like he's a whole, like he was never the person he was before. Exactly. So So you shouldn't have to lose your community. I understand. I understand, you know, people coming out and actually saying, you know what, I'm not this, I'm this. But I just, I also, but I am also going to say, even though I understand that, I still feel like that is not okay to continue to say you're something that you know you're not just because you're uncomfortable or scared because for me my, my whole thing with this podcast is just to live in your truth and it's hard for people to do that because like you said a lot of people is not gonna be accepted a lot of people might lose everything I know I, I hear the story of people get kicked out if they do this or this and that so I know it's, it's very it's not it's, it's it sounds easier than what it actually is
1: yeah and I think that like there's a lot of ways that people feel entitled To people to like parts of people's identity and parts of people's truth that like really ain't none of their business like how somebody fucks or who they fuck if y'all are just friends is really none of your business and also. We make a lot of friendships, especially in queer community, based on assumptions. So, like, you look at the way somebody dresses and you're like, oh, you have titties and you're wearing Jordans. So that must mean you're a stud and you fuck women. But, like, you didn't ask them that. You yeah. just assume that about them. So if they actually reveal that, like, oh, I fuck people of different genders, then you somehow feel betrayed because of an assumption that you made when you never gave the person the opportunity to divulge that information before you put that
0: on them. You see, see what I'm saying? I think maybe I'm just a little, a different friend than other people because I feel like if one of my stud friends came up to me and was like, yo, oh, they presented as a stud and that's what I know them as. And they say, yo, Jay, I, I, got, I like this dude. Da, 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 I'm gonna respect that. It's, I'm not gonna say ew, like, oh, I'm not gonna be a friend no more. You a switch. Like, I'm not gonna say that. Like, I when people know and they and they when people know, I can't be mad at somebody for knowing themselves and knowing what they want or knowing what they want to try. Cause I know some people that never had sex with a guy before and said they wanted to try it, but they don't, they scared to how it's gonna make them look. I feel like this this podcast. You know, I say how I feel. I say what I, people don't agree with me. People don't like the way I talk. And that's fine. And dandy.
1: But, I mean, it's your podcast. You get to say how the fuck you feel on your podcast. But yes, podcast. people are going to disagree. That's what the discourse it, and dialogue is.
0: Exactly. And it's also, it's not even to disagree because like I said, I'm also here to learn. And I don't mm-hmm. want to be ignorant too. I'm, my, my mind is very open. I'm also, I'm learning, I'm always learning new things. I'm learning about shit I never knew. So mm-hmm. this has been eye-opening. People DM me and just tell me, just tell me stuff, or oh, you should read this, or you should try to look up this, blah, 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 I'm all for learning. But um, so I've been saying on the show, I feel like it's okay for a stud to receive penetration from their partner. I don't think that makes them look weak. I don't think that makes them look like less of a, a dike, because that's what I feel like. It, at that time, when we was talking about, that's what it was. Mm So from your point of view, how, first of all, how did it start? So
1: I'm going to, I'm going to give a lot of information and I want to preface it with this. I speak from my own, um, like right in this setting on your podcast, I'm speaking from my personal experience. I am here as Jennifer Eden, AKA Fem Daddy, all of the things, but I also am a sex educator and researcher. So I do know more than what I have done. I have read a lot, been to a lot of classes, certified in some shit. So like sexuality is bigger than what I have experienced and sexuality is bigger than what any one person will ever experience in their lifetime because there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of things that are assumed to go together, but don't necessarily go together. So like, it's really important to realize that like, yes, I'm talking as me in my body and my experiences and all of those things, but like there's there's more to the conversation than what either of us can can offer. So you asked me how how it all started. So <laughs> I've been I've been really, really fortunate in my partnerships um, that I've always attracted, um, I'll say masculine presenting women who were very open to fucking with gender roles. Um, And so like the folks that I've dated have all generally like dressed in a very similar way, like whatever the the cool masculine aesthetic is at the time. Uh, But when it came down to like naked time, how we dressed outside of that didn't matter um so my very first um my very first wow now i'm going all the way back my very very first sexual partner was a femme and so we were both fumbling around trying to figure shit out um and then right after that i dated a touch me not which was a very different experience um and I referenced that experience a lot because it has taught me a lot about my own boundaries and my own like right to say no I don't want to be touched a particular way or like hmm this person doesn't have access to this part of my body but we can still get down like that experience is something that I reference a lot um, but then after that I dated somebody who identified as a stud I guess we had that language at the time like I don't know we were teenagers um but we we did all the things we did everything we went to the store we bought dicks we picked out which ones we wanted to use on each other um, and like we had this very expansive and experimental sexual relationship and I'm really really thankful that like generally that has been the case with all of my all of my partners, like all the people that I have kept. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I started off with this really nuanced understanding that like sex isn't just one thing. And I think that that's where a lot of people get fucked up. A lot of people like, I'll, I'll make it community oriented. So like a lot of lesbians, a lot of queer women are still using a very like heterosexual idea of sex Um, where it's very penetration centered. It's very like something goes in something and then the sex is over. And it's like, well, no, all the things that lead up to that are part of the sex and the aftercare is a part of the sex. And you also get to decide if anything is going in anything. Like you don't have to have penetration in order for it to be sex. Um, And you also don't have to choose which person is being penetrated, who's the giver, who's the receiver. Like everybody gets to be everything that they wanna be and nobody has to be anything that they don't wanna be. Um, And so I think that like, for me starting off with the understanding that sex can go all of these different ways and still be sex and still be great um, is what started me on this journey of self-awareness as far as like, what I like and and how I like to get
0: down. So, what you said about the before care and the after care being very important, I'm gonna need you to dive into that a little bit more because I I need to fully understand what you're talking about. Absolutely. Can, okay. Can, so, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Let you dive into it. And um, secondly, our, uh, back to the 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 roles. For me personally, I I get off more on f- um fucking my fiance with a strap than I than I do anything else. So I feel like it just depends on really the person, but for me that's kind of mandatory. Like I know how you said like it shouldn't be any roles cuz I know it's lesbians and and well who don't like penetration. I know it's a, lot, it's a lot of people talk about scissoring. I've never scissored before. So it's like the, the traditional, what you would call lesbian sex. I could say I probably never had that. I've, I've done like a bunch of foreplay, a bunch of foreplay before anything, but majority of the time it ends with penetration. And not me, I'm getting penetrated, me doing the penetrating. But that's, for me, that's like a requirement. I don't know. I don't know. I just
1: wanted to throw that in. So, so yeah, um, you you said something that I 100% agree with, and that is it depends on the person. Um, so every sexual encounter depends on the people in it. So if for you, your strap is involved 100% of the time, and that's a non-negotiable, and if, if shorty not getting dick down, then it's not sex, then that's what sex is for you. But it's also important for everybody to, to recognize and understand that that's not what everybody's sex looks like. I've had plenty of sex where there was no dick delivered at all. Oh, no, so, no, no, no. I'm
0: not saying every time I have sex, I, I'm i not saying that. What I, what I'm try, I probably came out wrong. What I'm trying to say is I cannot mess with a girl who does not like penetration.
1: And that's fine. And yeah. even still, that's, that's you. Yeah. There are plenty of different ways that sex can go. And I think that like the way that I have this conversation with with a lot of people is when people ask about like a body count or how many partners you've had or how many people you've had sex with, that number could be a whole bunch of different things depending on what you count as sex. So if you're asking, how many people I've strapped up on, that'll be a very different number than how many people have strapped up on me. That'll be a very different number than how many pussies I had in my mouth versus how many pussies, uh, how many miles been on my pussy. Like it's, it's gonna be different depending on what you count as sex and what you include as a part of the sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And even your use of the word foreplay is still not saying that you're wrong, Again, language is nuanced, but the concept of foreplay is a very like heteronormative idea based on sex as penis goes in vagina. But eating pussy is still sex, fingering is still sex, making out and playing with titties or grabbing booty cheeks, like all of the things that lead up to whatever it is that makes you come or whatever it is that happens before the sex is considered over are still part of the sex. So, so what If you were to break it down, if you were to break it down and say like, foreplay is oral sex, and sex is fingering, or sex is strapping up, then like that's two very different definitions, no, 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 but no, no, all no, of those no. things are sex.
0: I'm not thinking about that. When I was talking about foreplay, I mean like blindfolding, rubbing feathers, over the body, like little teaser stuff that doesn't necessarily, I don't have to touch your private part, I can touch your arm. I'm talking mm-hmm. So, that, is that being because that's not considered sex? It can be. If you come that's it. sensory play. So
1: again, everybody defines their sex differently. All sex does not result in orgasm, all sex does not involve the touching of genitalia. So having a sensory play session, which is what you're describing, if you are. Involved in um, any type of kink play where you're using feathers, wax, blindfolds, ropes, whatever, like all of those types of play could very well be completely separate from a sexual act. You could do all of those things and that be the end of the experience and that could still be the way that you sensually or erotically engage with somebody Um, and that could be the extent of it. Or if you do it before sex, then technically, yes, it is foreplay, but it is still all part of the sexual experience.
0: So what would the aftercare be?
1: Aftercare is my very favorite part of the sexual experience um, because it really helps you. I don't know, like for me, especially being with a lot of folks who like have never um, like never experienced penetration, never had somebody strap up on them. Um, aftercare is when you find out a lot about like how somebody feels, how somebody feels about the experience, how they feel about themselves, like any hang-ups or preconceived notions that they're okay. trying to work through. And are you so, doing like a
0: survey. No, it's just talking. not to like that, but kind of like trying to fill out what the experience.
1: Yeah. So, um, oftentimes aftercare for me, like, let's just, let's just say for the sake of the conversation, I just fucked you. So I, we just, we just did the things I'm taking off my equipment. I'm washing it. I come back with a warm rag, place it on your sensitive areas. I might hold you for a little while, stroke your hair, ask you how you're feeling, bring you some water ask you if you need anything ask you how your body feels ask you if you're in any kind of like pain or discomfort or if you're feeling anything that you didn't expect to feel um, which is common when you're doing something that you're not used to or that your body has never experienced before you might get hit with like a wave of emotion that you just didn't fucking expect and so it's really important to like be there for that person in that moment rather than just like having them curled up and confused not knowing what to do with all of these feelings and sometimes being there literally just means like sitting there and letting them process sometimes they don't know what to say sometimes they don't know you know the words to express what they're feeling in the moment but I think that like and just being there and having some time after the actual like sex act or sex experience to like make sure everything's okay is really important.
0: For me, every time I got used to the bathroom right after. So I'm probably already on the toilet. She's already at the sink washing the thing. We switch spots, washing up. And then it's it's the same thing. She want to cuddle up, how's everything? You okay? You hungry, thirsty?
1: Exactly. Your aftercare might be like I bring you a sandwich or like you like ice water with three ice cubes and a cucumber like you you might have like a ritual and a routine, especially if you're in a relationship and you kind of observe the patterns of like what each other naturally does but if it's somebody that you're with for the first time or somebody that you like strapping up on for the first time or whatever, then like just asking questions about what a person needs or like offering things to see how they respond to them um, can really like not only like feel good to them in that moment, but also make them okay with what they're feeling and with what they just experienced. Like, I think that, for a lot of people, especially like masculine presenting women who are curious about being penetrated or being strapped up on or whatever, they feel like they're going to be seen differently after it happens. They feel like they're gonna be seen as like less masculine, less of a provider, less of a protector, less of a whatever it is, whatever role that they hold or whatever, you know, status is important to them and so just reassuring a person that like you're still you you're still exactly who you were before i fucked you my dick didn't change who you are like you are every bit the stud every bit the dom every bit the whomever you were before we laid down together and i see you just the same like that reassurance can be really can be really liberating for people who are like scared to even let somebody know that that's something like they're that in.
0: comes with trusting somebody because i feel like somebody who wants to try that and hasn't told anybody they're not they, they're going to continue not to tell nobody it got to be somebody that they trust 100 and i know it's some women who has never strapped up before and said they want like to try it Oh, I want to try. I want to ask my partner. I'm scared to, I don't want her to flip out or so for me, it's not about flipping out. A Closed mouth don't get fed either. So I feel like if you're with somebody and you're comfortable enough to have sex with them, you should be able to ask that includes anything that goes with sex. They might say no, but at least you ask, or oh, I'm not comfortable with this. Or oh, I don't know. No, that's not me. At least you actually, you, you never know. You never know. You, you might get a yes. Yeah, your, your partner might be feeling the same way you was feeling, they ain't saying that neither. Nobody, nobody's having the conversations if, if you get to have the conversation.
1: Yeah, having the conversation is really important. Being able to talk about like what you want, what you wanna try, what you're into, all of that shit is really important. But all of the fear that comes with that is legit because you don't know how somebody's gonna react. It could be, wow, babe, I really wanna try that too or it could be bitch you nasty get the fuck out my house like it could be any anything in between because you just you really don't know and And so being
0: outed too because like you said exactly because if
1: you express to somebody that this is something you're interested in and they say oh no we not finna do that then they go to your whole community and say i can't believe this bitch just said she wanted me to strap up on her Blah 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 that could fuck with your whole sense of safety within your community
0: Dude, that's what when you was talking about the safety shit, cause I'm like, that's oh, I don't know. I, well, girls in period in general is good for this, whether they gay or straight. A bitch a go on online real quick when you got them mad or hurt they feelings and start telling it all. But specifically in New York, everybody know your business as soon as it's happening. So I can see studs being like, nah. I'm not doing this because a, a, a girl will go right on Facebook like, "Oh, this nigga asked me to fuck her. Fuck out of here. Da, 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 da. Oh, you yeah, like exactly. dick. Bitch. Instead of instead of noticing that your partner just wants penetrations, oh, you like dick, bitch. Da, da, da. Well, exactly, I
1: because actually, then it creates this this uncertainty in my of, head, like, oh, well, if you want me to strap up on you, does that mean you're attracted to men? And it calls this identity
0: in question. I asked you if I wanted a man, I could have went and got one. I'm asking you as my partner, this
1: but that's crazy. because our society so, conflates gender and sexuality in a way that like calls those things into question. I
0: wouldn't even be mad at the person that got it. Like, listen, you asked, you ain't hide your shit. You told this bitch the truth. You ain't go sneaking, go do nothing, no sneaky stuff behind her back. You asked her directly. This is what I want. I'm with you. This is what I want. So, I just feel like it's it's it's, it's the people too. The people. The people is not like listen me. Personally, I, can, I feel like I can say this because I've been with a man and not one time I was I liked niggas like I was I was straight straight. So for me, personally, what you like is what you like, bro. Period. The penetration, it comes. If you a girl and you can still like girls and still want the penetration. Like you said, at the end of the day, whether how you dress, when you take your clothes off. It's all the same. When you get in your box eight, you in all the same. Because one thing anybody will tell you about me, I present, I dress like a boy and all that, whatever I present as masculine. But my friends would tell you in a heartbeat, I'm a bird. <laughs> my, my fiance be like, yo, you're like, you're a girl, bro. Like you're really a girl. People think people think I got the mustache. I've been seeing the comments. Oh, she got a mustache. Oh, she got this. I'm not transitioning. I'm not doing none of that was born like this. Period. I can't help. I can't help that I got. Uh, I'm a little hairy. That don't got nothing to do with me. But, they don't have nothing to but, do.
1: That assumption when, has nothing to do with you. And the fact I is that, I, like, society puts a lot of things together. That, like, oh, well, if you like this or if you have this, then it must mean this about you. And that's obviously not
0: always the case. And, and like I told, like I've said this on a podcast bef- before, and I'm not shy neither. Yeah, I, I present as masculine, but when I'm with my girl, my legs is behind my head like this, if I'm getting ahead. Like she already nah. knows she can flip me, dub me, rub me down, turn around, she can do all that. I just, I just don't, don't like penetration.
1: Yeah, like, it's important to be as free in your body as you as you feel you get to have your boundaries and you get to have like the full extent of whatever other experiences you want to have. And like, even when I'm talking to femmes who are like, okay, I want to strap up on my masculine presenting partner, like, how do I how do I express that? But also there's a lot of like hangups and gender role shit that comes with that that I always think is funny. Oh, yeah.
0: How but, do you express that? For the people who's probably watching and probably like, you know what Dan, I was kind of thinking about it and how, how would they, from being a fem daddy, how would you approach the situation?
1: So here's the thing. Um, As much as I am a proponent of direct communication and saying how the fuck you feel, and like you said, closed mouths don't get fed, um, that doesn't work for everybody. That can be really intimidating for some people. That can feel like an attack, um, especially if somebody feels caught off guard, like, well, where the fuck did that come from? So what I suggest to avoid that kind of awkwardness is to show an example of what it is that you might be interested in. So if you are a person wherever on the spectrum who is interested in introducing this within your relationship, feel free to play this episode of this here podcast and be like, so bae, what you think? And just create a conversation based on what has already been presented or there are plenty of other like conversations and dialogues around the topic not not plenty um but some other conversations around like strapping up even in like the heterosexual context you'll hear it referred to as pegging so you can listen to conversations and podcasts and interviews about those topics or you can watch some porn together and be like okay How do you feel about this? Does this turn you on? Is this something you'd be interested in? Or looking at the two people in whatever it is you're watching, you can ask your partner, like, well, which role do you see yourself in? Could you see yourself swapping roles? Like, really using what you're seeing as an example, rather than making it about you and your partner, so that there's no feeling of, like, attack, or there's no questioning of your, like, you know, pre-established connection or loyalty to each other or whatever, because you're making it about this external thing.
0: I remember earlier when you were selling us that everybody you deal with, you do trans in there. Mm Is that both men and women?
1: So I have never been with a trans woman. That is not to say that I wouldn't. It's just, I haven't. There are plenty of identities that like I personally have never had the pleasure of interacting with in a sexual manner. Um, But I'm pretty open to to fucking people of many various identities. Uh, But my sexual history thus far has only included uh, like women studs non-binary people gender queer people and trans masculine people
0: have you found it in any way to be like kind of fetishy
1: like me being fetishized or me fetishizing other people
0: no you being fetishized
1: um yes so i have had the experience of feeling fetishized in a way that did not feel good to me. Um, and I've, I've said this to people that I've been with, um, who like, people will say something along the lines of like, oh, I would only do this with you. I wouldn't do this with anybody else. And so that makes me feel fetishized because I'm not the only femme capable of putting on a strap and dicking you down. Like if this is something that you want and desire Then you saying I would only do this with you isn't necessarily saying that like you want me it's saying that you only have the level of trust and openness and communication that you would require with me and you can establish that with somebody else you can establish clear communication and trust and boundaries and safety and all of those things so that you can get your needs met and so that you can experiment in the ways that you want to experiment it doesn't have to be with me and so when somebody says something like oh I would only do this with you like that as much as like a lot of people take that as an ego stroke like oh yeah I'm the only one that doesn't feel good to me that feels like work to me because now like anytime you ever want this for the rest of your life, I'm supposed to be available to you? No, learn how to say what the fuck you want. Learn what you need to ask people to make sure that like they know how to handle you and your desires and all the things that you want and are and establish that safety somewhere else. Like, thank you for sharing this experience with me. Thank you for letting me give it to you. But like, I don't have to be the only person that you ever do this with. Cause I'm, I'm not the only, fam daddy I'm not the only feminine presenting person who has the capability or the desire to strap up on niggas
0: I got some friends shout out to Briss shout out to her girlfriend Serena those that's my stuff for stuff friends if y'all know Briss been on this here before when I did the s for um episode um you know living in your truth you can live your best life for me she's the perfect example of that she she uh from what I've seen she gets the fam she gets everybody but one thing she's going to let y'all know that if she like a stud, she's going to go get it.
1: I have a, a, a word to the wise for femmes who are thinking like, ooh, I really want to strap up on my partner or like I really want to like, explore what dominance or topping looks like in my sexual life. Um, I've talked to a lot of femmes who are like, Oh, I want to strap up on my partner, but then I'm gonna have to start like opening doors and paying for shit and doing other like masculine shit that I'm not trying to do so. Same thing. I've talked to masculine folks who are like, I want to get strapped up on, but like, I'm not trying to wear dresses or cook or whatever the fuck else. Like, those things don't have to go together. Who you are is who you are. Nobody gets to tell you that because you did this thing, you also have to do this thing. So if you like to work on cars and play basketball and whatever else you put in like the stereotypically masculine category and you also like to get strapped up on, that is absolutely fine. If you are a femme who likes to get flued out and likes to have people pay for your meals and likes to have people lift heavy shit and open doors for you. I prefer all of those things. And you like to drop off some dick, you still get to have those things. So like, don't, don't conflate what you like sexually with any other piece of your identity or what you are or what you're into. Like
0: you can basically what you want, whatever you like sexually doesn't change who you are as a person. If you still want to dress how you, hold on. In the beginning of this whole conversation, we said something about tomboy. Let me be very clear. Aaliyah was a whole tomboy. Absolutely. Tiana Taylor, Tiana Taylor is still a tomboy.
1: Kalani, before she came out, was definitely giving Kehlani tomboy aesthetics. Kiki Palmer has given us Boy tomboy, tomboy aesthetics. Tomboy. Yeah. Like, there are plenty of, of very visible, like, tomboy androgynous aesthetics Um, that we get that like I didn't get growing up I'm so thankful that we get to see like fine ass androgynous and masculine presenting and tomboy dressing people out here because it is just it's something that I didn't have when I was figuring out who I am and so now I'm really thankful that this exists for other people to be like I'm attracted to this yeah I'm all about it
0: all right all right well uh Thank you for coming on. Um, tell the people your Instagram handle again.
1: Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at pleasure over everything. That is my philosophy. That is how I live my life. That is also my business. I am a pleasure coach. So for folks who are looking to learn more about their sexuality, how to tap into their desires and their erotic potential, you can book pleasure over everything coaching services. Um, You can also catch me in the tub on Tuesdays and Thursdays on tiny tub it is my ig live talk show where i talk about sex self-care kink and current events all from the comfort of my bathtub so
0: come check me out follow me at pleasure over everything that dope is part of the whole name is that is poet
1: and exactly that shit
0: is so fire for me thank you i like the acronyms
1: Thank you. I'm so glad you appreciate the acronym. I also am a poet. It might go with people people's
0: heads. It might go with people's
1: heads. Yeah, yeah. I think that um I've I've been a poet as long as I can remember. And so being able to tie those two things together um has been really liberatory for me. And so I love being able to help folks like express their desires. Um not just verbally but like through through writing them out through creating art and like putting words together in a way that like feels good and sounds good and might even rhyme sometimes so yes i am a poet through and
0: through all right y'all. so we off this thank you that has been another episode we'll see y'all asses next week and on the vibes. thank you